So first thing that pops in my mind is just take action. I think you'll learn a lot in the action. Uh, so, so probably surround yourself with the right people. Have that healthy dose of, of them pushing you and kind of uh, keeping you uncomfortable and learning more. But don't get caught in the trap of getting ready to get ready, 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 right? I mean, you got to take action eventually. So for new people, surround yourself with the right people. Make, because here's the deal. If you surround yourself with the right people and you're not taking action, you're going to find yourself out of their circle very fast. So get in their circle, learn, keep your mouth shut, listen, take in, intake, execute. This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassman, and we are the host of the Financial Freedom Journal, where we talk real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned with successful real estate entrepreneurs to help you on your financial freedom journey. Now, whether you're watching this content on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, we want you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get you started on your financial freedom journey. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassman. And welcome to the Financial Freedom Journal. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Proven by Ruben. Uh, he's also known as the godfather of real estate in Fayetteville. So Dang. Uh, I'll, let you, uh, I'll let you go ahead and tell a little bit about yourself. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're... What I'm going to let down everybody now <laughs> you've introduced me as the godfather. The um, godfather. All right. Yeah, so I, I guess to simplify it, I do what's called CIA. So currently, I do coaching or consulting. For real estate agents, mostly about 95% of what that looks like. Real estate investing, short term and long term, and uh, the real estate agent side where we run a sales force um, to go out there and execute our deals for us. That's where I'm currently at. CIA. CIA, right. baby. So, so CIA, explain. So, I know a lot of people haven't heard of that before. Um, I'm actually. I've heard of it because, you know, kind of through you, but I think that was the first time I've really, um, really found out a little bit about, a little bit about it. Can you explain it? Just dive into it. Just give an example of what, what that looks like. Yeah. Cause so my brain's about this big. So I have acronyms for everything. Yeah. And when someone asked like, what do you do? I was like, well, I do this, this, this. And five minutes later, I was like, and that's about it. And they were like, what the heck are you even talking about? So I just <laughs> rolled it up into what I, what I just encompass as CIA, which is yeah. coaching where I work with, like I said, real estate agents, help them grow their business, um, which is completely tailored. I had somebody reach, I just got a coach client yesterday and they're like, so what is it exactly you, you'll do for me? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know yet. You know, we got to have that conversation because it, it's all tailored. And then the investing side, short term and long term, although we're, and, and I bet Mike uh, can contest to this, we're turning a lot of the long term into short term. And then the agent side of the business. So goal for 2020 is to close 144 units. But we're so leveraged that I'm not out there in the field. We have three agents who are executing those deals for us. We're almost like headquarters creating the deals and the referrals. And then we're just passing them to the agents. And the, and the firm that I'm with, EXP, they allow uh, the revenue share that's made on every single one of those deals along with uh, uh, the referral fee. We charge a little bit higher of a referral fee. All right. All right. So you're pretty much a one-stop shop, if you will. Uh, I know most people listen to this, you hear CIA, you're like, man, this guy's working for the government. Like, what the, you know, <laughs> what's going on here? So, um, so that's cool. That's cool. So you're helping out, um, helping out not only realtors, um, but just coaching in general. 
um, and you find out the specifics of what they need and then you pretty much go from there, right? Yep, that's right. All right, all right. And for those who don't know, Ruben was actually, he's the reason that me and Shelby kind of met, right? Because he was actually coaching Shelby um, and then I went in for a couple different interviews with the CIA agent over here. And, uh, <laughs> he kind of found out that weakness in my, in my game plan and my strategy. And so he, he customized a, a tailored game plan for me to move forward. And then ultimately ended up linking me with Shelby. So as I said, I mean, he's, he's the not self-proclaimed, but uh, admirably uh, proclaimed the godfather of real estate for that reason, man. Yeah, yeah I got it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just threw that out there. Cause that was, that was the, uh, that's what we, that's what we heard. He say, um, uh, proven by Ruben. I'm like, yeah, that guy's like the godfather. So, all right. Well, all right. Well, we're just going to go ahead. We're just going to go ahead and make that the name. That's what's going to make that known. So I get a shirt made tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start selling it. Um, yeah, no, I had a buddy. Uh, actually, his name's Jake Dixon. He runs a, a coaching business called The Locker Room. Um, he's got hundreds of coaches and thousands of uh, agent clients. And uh, he said that I was a connector. And I didn't believe it for the longest time. I was like, nah, I'm a hustler, <laughs> whatever that means. And uh, the more and more I run through business, the more and more I start to realize I am, about two weeks ago, it was a big aha uh, that I, I, I connect a lot of people together to make something bigger, better. It's just pretty cool to sit back and, and, and see that happen. And for this guy to call it years ago, and then there's Mike. He's like, yeah, he's the one who connected us. It's just showing up more and more that um, that's one of my strong suits. So, Have you ever read the book Go-Giver? Yes, the yeah. Go-Giver, yep. The Connector. I don't know if you've read it, Dan, but that's a, no. a really good book. reads like a narrative. Uh, but it, there's individuals that kind of play a certain role, and one of the key characters in there is the Connector that isn't discovered until the end once everybody has made the connections and made their wealth. So that, that's, that's Ruben in a nutshell. Yeah, Jake, uh, Jake Dixon loves that book, man. So I think that's where he got it from. All right, I'm going to read it now. And I just wrote it down. So The Go-Giver. Who is it by? Bob Berg, I believe. That's going off of memory, so I may have that wrong. All right, cool, cool. <laughs> I, I will figure that out. All right. All right, good stuff. So let's talk about some of the um, – how did you get started in real estate? Let's talk about the beginning. Uh, I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset. Man, I've started businesses and failed at them victoriously uh and learned a lot and uh I, I was i started ups at 18 a lot of my buddies went to the military I, I went into ups at 18 stayed there for 12 years um and i knew i thought that was my meal ticket and then as i started watching these drivers and their divorces and their fights and their getting fired and and they just want to watch their kids baseball game but they can't and don't think about being home with warm dinner on the table for Christmas time because we are, you know, UPS is Santa Claus, you know, and I was just like, this can't, this is not, I remember walking outside of UPS, looking up, and I know it's going to sound like fluff, but I looked up and it was like, because when I started work, the sun was going down <clears throat> and I was like, man, it's, I just saw the sunset and I was like, this can't be it. This is not why I'm here. This, to move a truck, to move some boxes, this can't be it. And so all that kind of rolled into one. I said, you know what? I got to find a way out. A lot of people said you'd be good at sales. And I was like, okay. Uh, I started looking at selling telephones, like at Verizon or something. I was like, why? Not, uh, I, in Walmart, like not the ones in Walmart, right? Are you talking about like <laughs> sitting in the middle of the aisle? Like, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> hey, hey. Sales is sales you. to me, man. Yeah, I got and, you. Uh, 
I so but I was like, you know what? Now I'm gonna sell cars. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. And then eventually I was like, well, if I'm gonna sell something, well, I want to be like this big high ticket item. And that's what started my mindset on on real estate. And then you start deep diving deep into real estate. And you're like, oh, a lot of people got wealthy on real estate. And then you just start thinking about it. And then eventually I jumped into it. Uh, it was 10 months after I got my license that I quit UPS after 12 years. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I got started in the game. Failed at it. Learned from it. But it, ultimately I had to jump from a safety net of UPS, 401ks, insurance, stock options, the whole deal, full-time, guaranteed, union. I was a single dad at the time. Like, people thought I was ridiculously stupid. Uh, but I just felt like there was something bigger out there. So what was – I mean, I, I got it that you you felt like something was bigger out there, right? Yep. But there had to be some, like, one point, one pushing point. Or maybe maybe it was a few different pushing points. Or maybe you set yourself up. You, you were like, hey, I need to have this amount, amount saved before, you know, I actually go ahead and make that jump. What was it? Because I think there's a lot of people out there. Um, there. I think there's just a lot of people out there with that same, uh, that same, mm. I guess, predicament, you know, trying to figure out, all right, what, what is it? Like something's got to push me into, you know, kind of going off and fending for myself. What was it for you? Ultimately, it's you, man. But yeah, I know exactly where you're going with that. And that's a great question because I'll touch on the point that had me finally jump. But before that was like a death of a thousand cuts. I mean, there was just all this stuff going on at UPS and, and just in my personal life, I was on welfare and it's just like, it, again, it just sits with you and you're like, Oh, okay. I'm going to change tomorrow. And then you don't. And then something else bad happens. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm going to change tomorrow. And then you don't, you know, all that stuff not going so well. And then eventually what I did was uh, got my license um, and I didn't decide to quit right away. So I just knew I had to save up some cash and, Believe it or not, I couldn't afford a coach at the time, but I, I went for one anyways. And I put him on my put her on my credit card, 500 bucks a month. And she, you know, she was like, I'm going to show you the way or whatever. Um, did that. And we built out a plan to save up six months of reserve just in case. She was like, do you think you can sell a home in six months? I was like, yeah, I think I can sell a home in six months. And uh, she was like, cool. Once you hit that reserve, you know, would you say that it would be a good time for you to quit? And I was like, yeah, it'd be a good time for me to quit. So as soon as I saved up that, I, I remember it was the same day I had that coaching call and I was like, I hit that reserve today. And she was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm going to, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think I'm going to quit. <laughs> and she was like, you told me you were going to quit. You promised me you were going to quit. Are you going to stay to that commitment? And at that same day, I ordered this poster and it came in the mail that same, I mean, I ordered it a little while back and it came in the mail that same day. And it said, if you don't like your job, quit. Legit. I opened it the same day and I was like, okay, all right, there's, there's my sign. Sign and, from the heavens. <laughs> yep. It was like, leave now. So I went in and put in my two weeks notice. Everyone, dude, everyone was against it. Um, but that, you know, it was a little bit of trust in myself, a little bit of preparation, a little bit of trust everything's going to go right. A lot of hard work, a lot of ownership, um, just kind of balled up in one and then you just jump. When you, you say like a little bit of trust, was that like a gut feeling? Was that like a, like you knew it was time to go? Yeah. And I knew I'd be okay because, you know, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. And so like, 
what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to be, you know, like, what's the worst? I mean, truly, if you think about it, what's the worst that's going to happen? Believe it or not, the government will be there to like, whoa, 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 you know, and that's what, that's what happened to me. Although it was, you know, I know people that use the system, but for me, it was freaking embarrassing. But at the time, I mean, there is a net, right? Like, just go for it, dude. So what? So what? You die. Could you imagine, like, on your bed and deathbed, and you're just wondering what if? Oh my God! That I mean, that to me started killing me. The thought of that more than just taking the damn risk and going for it. I'm glad I did. And I love that mindset because that's the entrepreneur's like conundrum, right? Is what, what, what if? What's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is everybody's daily life. You go back and get a job. If the if the yeah. business fails, if the if the journey doesn't work out, go back and get a job. Yep. Ultimately, if you need more money, you just make more money. That's it. Yep. So I love that. So there's a hierarchy of needs, right? Uh, it Maslow's hierarchy of needs or something like that. You gotta look it up. At the bottom is like the needs, the basic needs. You know, you need food, you need water. Um, and then it starts moving up to, you did, You need shelter and then you need love and everything else. And I knew for a fact, you know, I would always survive. I would always live. I would always have food. I could always go back to UPS. They'd welcome me back in a second um, at that time. So yeah, no, I mean, it didn't make sense to sit there and complain about what I'm tolerating every single day. Like, why wouldn't I just do something about it? Um, and, and I saw it to be a good learning moment for my daughter at the time. Like she could watch if you really believe in something, go for it. You know, kind of you sit with yourself and all that kind of comes into, uh, into, into your, into your, into your eye, uh, your eyesight, into your line of sight or whatever. And, and eventually, I mean, but none of that means Jack, I've been talking to agents over and over and over and they're this close to making a huge decision and then they get in their own way. Yeah. They get in their own way and they don't move forward. So all that could you know, all that I just said can mean a lot to somebody, but if you don't jump and just jump into the unknown, you're going to sit there forever, uncomfortable, complaining, and not happy with your life. You got to jump. Amen. <laughs> Praise! <laughs> Praise! Well spoken. <laughs> well spoken. So this is, a, this is a small, small sidebar, small sidebar. I want to mm -hmm. know, man, as a coach, Yep. you said that your coach asked you, not necessarily asked you, you made a promise to your coach that you were going to quit your job, which is a huge life decision, right? You trusted your coach. Now you being on the other side of the fence as a coach, when you make those type of commitments with your clients, how confident are you when delivering that type of uh, suggestion, that type of insight? Well, I'm good with it because they committed to it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't tell them to do anything. You know, we have a conversation and we have, I have great, I have questions. And then the questions will help them self-realize what they need to do. And then I'm like, oh, cool. So would you say that you're committing to that? Right. So I'm never like telling them what to do. They'll commit to it through the questions that you ask. And then you just hold them accountable to it. You know? Like it. So, so I got a question with that. We talk coaches, right? And obviously you're a coach and, and we talk basically the importance of coaching because it seems like that that coach had a lot influenced a lot of your decision as far as helping you jump and take that leap. Right. So, mm -hmm. so one, so two questions, one, why coaching? Why is coaching so important? And then two, what helped you 
pick or what helped you choose a coach? Like why that coach? You didn't say her name, but you said it was a female. So I think those are two important questions for people that are out there looking for a coach or, or may, you know, may want to get a coach in the future. Yeah. So for me, you know, the people that I surrounded myself with when I got into real estate, they all had coaches. So that was a big influence, right? Like, cause you're seeing all the successful people, they had coaches and you're like, well, man, you know, what would it look like if I had a coach? <clears throat> and so what you did is, or what I did was start to uh, see the, the results of what a coach could do. And I had somebody tell me, they said, man, you can never, the, the biggest investment you could do is the investment in yourself. And I was like, oh, I see. Okay, okay. And so she was part of a coaching program uh, at the time that is pushed, was pushed very heavily in the last firm I was with. And so I just, I aligned myself with that coach and um, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. What she did was she compressed time for me. You know what I mean? She did, I didn't, there was a lot that I could have learned by myself, but she was like, she just compressed the uh the failure rate um i felt a lot faster than failing over time you know what i mean and and trying to figure it out i just felt faster and the faster i failed the faster the it's more that learning curve yep the, the learning curve right? you hit success leaves clues invest in yourself compress time all those things are, are super powerful and i think what's really important is you know being on a receiving end of, of, a, of a coaching program is you have to know yourself right because if people say you can choose a coach to be your books or your podcasts or whatever the case may be and, and take that type of knowledge. But if you're not a self-starter, if you need somebody to kind of hold you to the fire and hold you accountable, I think that's super important what you're saying there, man. Get that coach, get that accountability partner, get that person who's going to literally make you make the commitment and then hold you to it. I love it. Yeah. That. Yeah. And so, I had, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to ask another I'm question. I'm drinking water. You go ahead. <laughs> hey, so the uh, so the follow up. So I'm I'm Dan. I'm new to real estate. Um, I'm looking for a coach. What should I be looking for? Like, what specifically should I be looking for? Should I be looking for hey, how many uh, the volume this, that this person does? Should I be looking at the um, I don't know the the connection that we have? Should I be looking at their system? Like, what what are some things that you would suggest Dan to look at as while looking for a coach? That's for I don't know. And the reason why I say this because I don't. It, what is Dan's goals? If Dan's goals is to be the best wholesaler that there's ever been, then I would say align yourself with the, one of the best wholesalers that there's ever been versus a flipper uh, investor, you know? So it really depends on what, what your goals are. Um, 100% depends on what, what you want to accomplish. It doesn't make any sense for me to align you with, with uh, someone who loves long-term and your main goal is to get very heavy in the short term. They're not gonna, it's not gonna mean as much. So it, it completely reliant on what your goals are, 100%. I love that, man. Watch who you, who you get lessons from, you know. A buddy of mine was like, well, you know, I, I want to join the NFL. I want to get to the NFL. But the whole time he was talking to somebody who last played in high school. What are you, what are you doing? Like, why are you getting advice from him? Dude, I just had an agent. They were this close to making a huge commitment that would change their whole world. And they text me the other day and they're like, I, I was talking to my mentor and I was like, oh Lord, here we go. Here we go. Cause I don't know who their mentor is and more than like, because they didn't make the move. Right. And, and more than likely their mentor is stuck in the same place that they've always been stuck in. 
and, and doesn't know growth like they need to know growth. And she's taken advice from this person. And, and when, when they were here though, excited, motivated, ready to roll, saw the vision, it's gonna be uncomfortable, right? It's not easy. And the other mentor not knowing them, but I'm pretty sure it's very much a comfortable, easy, let's stick with this way of doing things for a while. And you gotta watch who you're, who you're surrounding yourself with and the conversations that you're having all the time. I had, I had one super successful guy say conversations equal results. And what he meant by that was like, you could find someone to believe your story anytime, anywhere. That's why I like, he was like, for example, all men are created equal. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to go with the negative one, you know, all men are dogs type. Yeah, deal, so, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a, Mike came with the, <laughs> Mike, Mike came with some awesome people, but like, we, I did that in front of a class one time. All men are, and then all the ladies were like pigs. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, see, you will always find someone to believe your story, right? You're always, you're, if you're having a bad time in a relationship, you're going to find someone that's having a bad time in a relationship, and they're going to say everything bad about a man, right? If you, if you, if you, if you walked into someone who's having a great relationship, and you're like, oh, all men are pigs. All men are pigs. And I'm like, well, not the man I got. Pretty good. Rose my feet. You know, whatever. Because you, you, you have to understand that conversations equal results. And if you want to change your world, you got to change your conversations and the people you surround yourself with. Big time. I love that. So we got some negativity down there. Said <laughs> <laughs> so dogs. <laughs> so when we touched on coaching, I, I'd like to move into the investing side. I want to know what you're cool. doing with the with this short term. You mentioned that you're going from long term converting to short term. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, main reason that we even started looking at short term wasn't because cash flow. It was because there was more inspections. Uh, we flipped a home, put long term tenants in it, and then they completely destroyed it. Brought roaches I've never seen before. These people had freaking guns and they had a little army and they fought us at every turn and it was it was bad. I mean, we could not get rid of these things. Eventually, got rid of. Had to reflip the home. And I was just like, man, we need something with a lot more inspections. And then I went to Pints and Properties that Five Pillars puts on. And a guy named Toby, whoop, whoop, a guy named Toby was saying, oh, I managed short term. And here's the numbers. And I was like, huh, cool numbers. Yeah, fine. I, how many inspections do you do? Because I just got burnt again. And he was like, oh, it depends. You know, it could be every four days, every three days. Every, I was like, whoa, that's what I want to do. That's the, that, and then I was like, how active do I need to be in it? Because I want to be in a very passive world. And he was like, you know, this is our percentage and this is everything we handle. And so I was like, okay, took the chance on that. Best thing we could have done. It is, the cash flow in that thing is way better. Uh, I was telling um, everyone at one of our trainings, Be More Training, that one month pulled a year and two months, a year and two months as if it were long-term. It brought in the same numbers in one month uh, wow. as a short term and i was like cool this is this is the play so then our we have another long-term investment but this one that that lease ends in march we're immediately turning that one into a short term and it's got some land in the back it's it's for where it's at the 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 neighborhood it's in it's got a good sized yard so then the real estate mind starts saying "Ooh, i bet we could split this in lots you know, like, well, it's just wasted land. What can we put more on there? And so now what we're going to do is do that. We're going to turn into a short term. But before we turn into a short term, we're going to hook up an electric, 
electrical box a little bit further back in the backyard. I'm gonna go get a camper that matches the numbers for a short term. I'm gonna put the camper in the backyard and then we're just gonna, we're gonna run two Airbnbs out of the same property. Going all out, the outdoor. Yeah. I've, I've seen that on Airbnb a, a few times actually. People live in like, I'm not gonna say austere, but just different, unique, I guess. That's a better one. Uh, like yep. they'll live, live in like Airstreamers and people are tiki huts. I've seen that down, like, down in Miami. Uh, people put a tiki hut in their backyard <laughs> and like people will rent that out. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and, and the cool thing is, is, <clears throat> you know, someone's going to pay for our RV and we're going <laughs> to use it two or three weeks out of the year, um, but park it right back back there to make sure that the, the things that we're buying is creating cash flow for us. So that's our next play. That should happen, was that second quarter, January, February, March, in the first quarter and then moving in the second quarter. Right. about real estate you get you know somebody else to pay for your asset wonderful yeah you told, you told me a story before that uh you said at a certain point in time you generated enough income on the one property to cover like your mortgage for a year or something like that i think the numbers are wrong but would you touch back on that for the, for the no, short no you're right so the long term that that one property when it was long term we were cash flowing about 200 dollars a month out of it but if it at just one month when it was short term in the summertime here in Fayetteville, North Carolina produced enough cash flow that if I would have grabbed that cash flow and lay it right here, and then if I would have turned that same property back into a long term, it would take a year and two months for it to match the same cash flow out of that one month. I was just like, okay, and inspections, right? And inspections. You get to see it every single day. So that's great. Well, so you and you, you use a you said you use a um, I guess a property manager or Airbnb manager to actually do that for you, correct? Yeah, because I didn't want to be the one changing toilet paper and towels, yeah. and it didn't make sense. That's too active. It doesn't to me. It wouldn't make any sense at that point. So I got a buddy that's doing uh, something very very similar. His name is uh, Alvin Cavalier. He's been on one of the older episodes. He's doing a whole uh, Airbnb. He's taking a, he's doing a, a lot with the Airbnb. So my question is, uh, what is the system? What does that system look like for you? Um, and can we go over some of the, some of the numbers? I know we talked about like, Hey, one month generated enough cash flow, but just mm -hmm. on the, like, since you've had it, what is it, what does it consistently do or, or average, uh, what are the average numbers on it? So we just, it's funny you ask cause tax time, right? So we just yeah. looked at the numbers, um, last year. And I think we might've got started in February or even March of last year. It took a while to reflip the property. Um, but even that was a little over $19,000 that it brought in. And that's just one, right? So what happens when you get three? And, and here, 60,000 cash flow is not a bad thing in Fayetteville, North Carolina. You know what I mean? So uh, that's the numbers that we're looking at. Um, that's why we're looking at this next long-term to be short-term along with throwing that RB back there would get us three units. And what is the manager charge? What kind of percentage are they, are they charging? Are they typical property manager, like 10% or what, what were we talking I was say I see. I assume it's a lot higher just because they got to do a lot more work. But yeah, twenty five percent. Okay, so twenty five percent, but you're still able to cash flow over nineteen thousand dollars a year off of one. one yep, property. and then okay. and then his his management fees are a write off. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. That's that's really really great. Um, tell me, tell me, like, what would it rent for? Just to run the numbers real quick, so the audience can kind of just kind of visualize it. What would it rent sure. for long term? Standard 12-month lease, two-year lease, what would the average rent for that property be? 
we had it at 600 or 620 a month. Um, and the mortgage, I, I bought it VA owned uh, foreclosure and together the whole pity payment was 350. Okay. 340, 330. So your cash flow was And then for the short term, just how much on like the low end does it rent out per day? Uh, that fluctuates. So the guy who does it, he, he's got an algorithm that runs daily rates on what that looks like. And if there's an event that's happening downtown, it, boop, it pops up the price. But we'll look at the lowest price that we've had it at $65 a night. The highest was almost $200 a night during summertime. That's crazy. That is crazy. Even at yeah. $65 a night, if you, if you multiply that by 30 days in a typical month, you're looking at bringing in $1,950, $1,950 over the long term of $620 or $650. That's $1,300 more. More. And so now say yeah. 25%, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, for it, that's why when you ask what's my system, my only system is I have in my calendar to, to market the Airbnb once a month, right? Is I don't know, third week of the month or something like that. I'll throw a, a review that we had and like, hey, who's looking for an Airbnb or whatever, but that's my only system. The rest, this guy does. He does everything. So um, I'm on this big kick that Shelby actually was the first person to challenge me when all of us went to the, the, the growth con uh, thing that I guess all you, like you guys even met, like everyone met. <laughs> um, and, and one of the big challenges was, you know, what happens if, uh, basically what happens if you die, if the plane goes down on the way home, what happens to the business and all that. So I'm on like this big, big kick that how does these businesses run without me? And, uh, 25% for the business to run without me is perfectly fine. That's crazy. You say that. Cause I've been having conversations a lot with my wife. Um, cause you know, obviously I'm active military. My wife's active military and I'm sure you all, you guys have all heard of what, what's going on in the world. So we're like, uh, you know, you know, what happens if, what happens if we die in our rental properties and really just kind of taking care of, care of the kids and stuff. So, um, wealth preservation, um, that's one of the, the great things about real estate and setting up systems, um, passive income and setting up systems that kind of put your mind at ease with, with a lot of this stuff. I don't know. You have anything to say about that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, because you have, you have a little daughter too, right? You have a daughter, right? Dos. Yeah. Okay. Two little, okay. Two little. <laughs> well, yeah. one's not so little. She's 13, about okay, to turn well. 14. So uh, okay. she's almost out the door. Kick her butt <laughs> out. Um, but no, uh, yeah, no, one thing, one thing is, is, is that, you know, I wanted to be, like a millionaire, you know, that was the big thing. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. But when you start looking at what cash flow looks like, cash flow becomes a lot more attractive. And, and it's, it's a much lower number that you need cash flow coming in to live like a millionaire, you know, to, to, to live a little bit more worry-free. And uh, once we figure out that number, we start, how does the systems push off that cash flow every single month? Um, the great thing is if I don't die, then that frees up, <laughs> right? And so you got to think about it. And what's one thing is like what you focus on expands, right? So everyone around me is like, dude, will you shut the hell up and quit saying that? I'm like, what would you do if I was dead though? Like, how would you handle it? <clears throat> so I got to quit. I got to like slow down on that. But the great thing is if I don't die, then that frees up more time for me to focus on. I, I was telling someone the other day is focus on taking more risk, right? I mean, I just, I, it just frees you up 
fit the tool of money can free you up, especially in the cash flow world. And, you know, one of the messages of the Financial Freedom uh, Journal podcast is that we always try to inspire education about finances. There's a big difference between wealth creation and wealth preservation, right? You can go out and make a lot of money, but how do you keep it? And cash flow is one of those pillars when it comes to wealth preservation. That's the sustainability. And so, you know, when you talk about how do we increase, I mean, we, we actually, me and Ruben uh, and Shelby, we have a revenue development mastermind that we do um, uh, roughly about once a month. And essentially, how do we create more cash flow? How do we define that, the, or define or identify that lifestyle that we all, you know, want? I think that's so important for everybody out there to really sit back and have that conversation. You know, what would life look like if I had an extra $5,000 a month coming in? Super, super impactful. Yep, and sit down with someone who's going to be like, "Hold you accountable." Yeah, yeah, you're bull jiving me. You're yeah. bull jiving me. <laughs> Whatever, you're lying. You know, you need those people because I'm telling you, without that group, that I wouldn't be where I'm where I'm at because it's there's a lot of transparency, there's a lot of conversations, there's a lot of mastermind on how to get to that next level, and yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. And 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 no one cares about your feelings, right? They're just they're there to help you say what you say. To help you, they're there to help you get to where you said you said you wanted to get. Um, so that that's that's been game changer for me for sure. Is that mastermind around that? Yeah, and show up. How many people just don't show up? Like, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm bite my tongue on this one, man. People don't show up. They want what they say they want, and they don't show up. They don't ever show up. There's always an excuse. So, dude, you know, strike two, you're out, right? Like. So get rid of those people, those excuse makers. Dude, all you got to do is show up. Pints and Properties, Saturday. Show up. There's going to be a conversation that you're going to have with someone that's in the back that's not talking to anybody that could change your whole world. But people don't show up and expect for it to happen. All right, I'm done. Just <clears throat> had to get that out. That's key, though. That's definitely key, just showing up big time, even if you don't do anything. I mean, literally just to show up. And, and like you said, there's that one person or somebody there, or you're going to hear one little thing that's going to completely change everything for you. Uh, mm -hmm. Flip the switch in your mindset. You're, you're 100% right, man. 100% right. Yes. 110% right. But for all those who say, well, this happens, everybody knows I hate excuses as well, right? You, you only can say, if every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So make sure that whatever you're saying yes to is just going to be as impactful or something else that you're saying no to. If mm -hmm. you're just saying, oh, I, I want to finish this season of uh, Lost, or I, I don't know what TV show that I'm from. I guess pretty Lost. Or That's it. <laughs> lost? Point. That thing's like 15 point. years old. Whatever. whatever. A girl, whatever's out there. But if that's your excuse, man, that's the wrong answer, man. You should yeah. be out there networking, rubbing elbows with yeah yeah but do, do you think that that could also be hurtful to to us enough where we we hold ourselves so accountable and like we're our worst enemy that for example today i, I ran this morning right and i'll you know you start getting in your own head my daughter uh my one-year-old was in our bed the wife went out with her friends like just had a good time or whatever so daddy duty daughter is like kicking me in the back of the neck and like punching me in my nose her fingers are all in my mouth while she's sleeping and I'm like trying to sleep and and so I didn't get much sleep so, but I wanted to run six miles this morning and like mile four I, I was like oh I'm just I'm just tired and I just started to slow down right I just started to slow down and then I was like oh okay started walking pace and then there's that voice pops up out of nowhere and it's like oh you're a punk no doubt about it you done punked out you're the worst person I know 
<laughs> you know? And so what I did was I was like, God, so I, because I was on the treadmill, I pumped it up. And then I was like, incline to punish myself. I put myself on an incline for the next two miles. Uh, I say that story to say, do you think that sometimes, you know, we don't even give ourselves a break. And when we do give ourselves a break, we punish ourselves for taking the break, for being weak in the moment. Do you think that's, do you think that's bad, good? Is it not bad or good? It's kind of in the middle. What is that? I think there's, go ahead, go ahead Mike. Go ahead. Uh, well, for me, it's it's because you actually taught me this was um, I, I'm an overworker. I literally block myself out back to back events. I'm doing school, uh, working on my MBA. I'm active duty, full time business owner. I got rental. I overwork. I was taught that I need to actually block off time and put it in my calendar for me. Right. And so whatever I do during that time is my time. I can watch my gossip girls. You know, I can do what I need to do and actually relax. But I, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's just a personality trait, right? So I'm the same way. If I take it easy, if I'm sitting back and I'm like, well, this is my time, but I'm sitting there just on YouTube or something else, I'm like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. But I don't think it's necessarily bad. You need to learn yeah. that. Yeah, I think there's a little give and take there. I think sometimes you need to uh, give yourself a, a slight break, but you've got to realize, and I, I don't think there's a hard, like a hard, right, you've given yourself two hours or three hours. I think it's more of what you've, um, kind of what you've been doing that week or that month or, or whatever. So there's going to be a lot of curveballs, at least. Um, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of curveballs. You never know when your kids are going to get sick. You never, you never know when something is going to happen, something that you cannot influence. So, I mean, I can say, yeah, fuck it, you know, my kid's sick and let my wife deal with it. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to stick to the schedule that I have. However, um, you know, what are you doing to your family at that point? Or, I mean, that's, that's just an example. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that the individual has to be cognizant of what, um, of the, the bigger picture, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. We're all on a, we all have an internal like battery, if you will. Yeah. Right? At a certain point, we're going to have to recharge. We can go as hard as we want, but our body will shut down and say, stop. Like that's enough, you know. So it happens, man. It just happens. The body, your body. It's funny because you know David. Uh, David Goggins says all the time that you know your mind will stop you when only you're at a what a forty percent, forty percent. Okay, yeah. So you guys know it. But that, yeah, but yeah. So so you know that there's a lot more to go. Doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go that that extra. It's depending on the event. Right? Depending on yeah. The, uh, but yeah, it, it's just a, it's just a mental roadblock, man. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. So um, starting to, uh, I guess, wrap it up just a little bit, unless there's another thing that you want to you, something else you want to touch on. I think we've, we've, you've helped us out a, a lot and learn what uh, CIA is, not the uh, counterintelligency, but uh, <laughs> learn what CIA is, uh, learn about your first couple deals, what you're working at or what you're working towards now. Um, is there anything that you would say to a new investor that would help them what, what's one, one of the most important things that you can say to a new investor? So first thing that pops in my mind is just take action. I think you'll learn a lot in the action. Uh, so, so probably surround yourself with the right people. Have that healthy dose of, of them pushing you and kind of uh, keeping you uncomfortable and learning more. But don't get caught in the trap of getting ready to get ready to get ready to get ready to get ready, to get ready, to get ready, right? I mean, you got to take action eventually. So for new people, 
surround yourself with the right people make because here's the deal if you surround yourself with the right people and you're not taking action you're going to find yourself out of their circle very fast so get in their circle learn keep your mouth shut listen take in intake execute i'm sure there's um, an acronym somewhere in there too that i need to figure make, out make one. Make, make, <laughs> yeah. yeah you're gonna have to create one for sure so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So how can, how can our listeners get in contact with you? Uh, biggest play on Instagram and Facebook. Jump on those at proven by Ruben, Ruben, R-U-B-E-N. Um, jump on that proven by Ruben and ask me questions, man. Uh, I, w- I did something like this last weekend and it was like a private group. I thought it was going to be a podcast. It was a private group. And I said the same thing and only a handful of them actually reached out. So I'm good with it. Reach out, you know, I'm going to test you, you test me. Let's, uh, go back and forth so proven by Ruben Instagram Facebook and think about that guys that's for anybody out there who's looking for maybe a business coach right anybody who's interested in potentially finding another firm right anybody who wants to learn about short term just reach out to him he's, he's a very personable guy I think yeah. Yeah. I barely like myself <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> okay, good stuff man so we're gonna there he is. All right. All right. You, you glitched a little bit. He was like, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Yeah, no, that was it, man. I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, they can reach out to Ruben uh, for anything, you know, for coaching, for uh, uh, short-term advice. All yeah. right. Well, with that said, uh, thank you very much, Ruben. We really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, imparting some wisdom with our with our listeners. Um, sure, be sure to reach out. We'll have the information right below. You'll see his uh, his tag on his picture. So uh, too easy to reach out on Instagram. I know he's always putting out videos. Probably what like once every two days at least, at the very least. Um, so. <laughs> God tell your story. Yeah, it's killing it on killing on Instagram and uh, any other social media platform. So make sure to look him up. And uh, with that, this is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby signing off.